The Leadership Adventure. The Leadership Adventure. You become a leader way before you are actually appointed a leader. Leadership is uh, a choice. It is not a position, so it's a decision that you make. Working on your leadership is working on the relationships and the effects that you can produce on other people. Anybody can be a leader. The, the Leadership, leadership adventure. adventure. Welcome to The Leadership Adventure, the podcast that takes you through the highs and lows of being a leader in the 21st century. In this series, we talk to experienced leaders about their journey to success, inspiring you to make a difference and face the challenges ahead. I'm Olga Dutko, and I will be your host today. In this episode, we will take you through the process of becoming a leader, where to start and how to head in the right direction. I'm joined today by Jonathan Mohadeb Lisabitsky, Head of International Projects at Segos Group. Hello, Jonathan, and welcome. I'm very happy to sit down with you today. Hello, Olga. It's a pleasure for me as well. How are you doing? I'm fine. What about you? I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm actually very excited to have this conversation with you today because we have been talking about this subject for quite a while and I'm very happy to finally sit down and record some of it. Let's start with your story. Yes. You have been a leader for quite a while now, here at Sagas Group, but also in some other companies. Tell us about your leadership journey. Where did it all begin? First, I would say, let me describe my role today, and then I will go back to where it all started. And the role here at Sagos, we have clients all over the world. We have teams all over the world. And when clients have global stakes, we need our teams, wherever they are, to align on a common ground, to harmonize their ways of working, to uh, onboard themselves in the client's context and the stakes, to collaborate between themselves. I am here to enable those synergies all the way from the first contacts with prospect or with existing clients through to the project's development, through to the operations. I learn every day. Mm -hmm. uh, I work with people and teams from all corners of the world, and evidently they have their own preferences, their own ways of working, and I intend to bring them all together. And what is interesting is that they all have uh, their stakes, and most of the times, I am not even their manager. So being recognized as their leader is not, not quite evident. So coming back to your original question, where did it start? My career in leadership started, in fact, uh, way before I even joined the corporate world. My first job was on non-formal education as a youth leader. I was actually appointed as an educator, bringing the kids together around uh, value-centered social, cultural development projects and uh, special events or activities. It was on weekends, it was on holidays. It was a mix of these and uh, fun, recreation. Uh, you may think it's like a scouter or uh, a scout leader, let's say. Okay, something similar to that. And still today I find myself bringing resources, group dynamics, challenges uh, to work in teams that I first applied on that, on that first job uh, as a non-formal educator. It is not really easy to organize a group of teenagers around a project that entails, uh, no matter what, volunteering for a community, giving back to society. It's not even easy to have them follow your lead when you are camping or on a trip, when they feel that they are very far away from the organized world that gives them rules. And still, I managed to handle that. 
And in the corporate world, I would say it's comparatively easier yeah. to raise attention, to establish a professional relationship with a well-educated, with a responsible person, with a professional. I mean, it's quite easier for me to make grown-ups consider you a leader Yeah. if I compare this to the teenager. I would say that what I learned along the way is that once you discover the leader in you, the next steps are not so uh, difficult. Yes, I did evolve, I did uh, change, I did adapt uh, based on my teams, on our context, on our challenges. But I would say that the essentials, the foundations, they remain. And there is some uh, sort of... Uh, inner wisdom, some inner force, I would say, the values, the beliefs, the mindsets, yeah. the skills that even the techniques that you will develop as a leader that go along all the way with you, but maybe that you gather from past experiences. That's very interesting. It seems like you became a leader way before you integrated corporate world. And, um, you know, whenever I have similar conversations with other leaders, It always makes me think that becoming a leader happens from the inside. And sometimes it has nothing to do with the hierarchy. What are your thoughts on that? Well, not at all, of course. I, I, I don't make a connection between hierarchy and leadership. Yeah. I would say that you become a leader way before you are actually appointed a leader. In, in fact, I would say that you wouldn't define yourself as a leader. You cannot say, hey, I am a leader. I'm not a leader. Leader is the name that others will give you. It's the expectation that others have on you. It's, it's all, only other people, the one that can call you a leader. Maybe just uh, as an example, let's say, so I was not appointed. I, I remember when I first arrived at Segos, maybe because I came from a different country and I have a different upbringing, a set of experiences and even professional career. So when I arrived and I started, in fact, creating uh, let's say, designing and delivering training, I was using icebreakers, ener energizers, techniques, uh, group dynamics that nobody else w was using. And I was not appointed here to redefine how to do that. Where I was, I started to see that many of my colleagues decided to say, okay, we're going to use that. We're going to test that because it makes sense, because it works. And even if, let's say, I was not appointed to lead that type of process of innovation, it just happened. And then eventually it spread out. And I found myself in situations with people that I had never encountered, that they were already using part of those techniques because they had proven, they have studied, they had refined them, and they were already there. I would say that it takes uh, proactivity to become a leader rather than position because leadership is uh, a choice. It is not a position. So it's a decision that you make in order to make change, to provoke change. Listening to you, I was thinking that to some, becoming a leader comes very, very naturally. They're just born leaders. As you mentioned in your examples in the past, when you were younger. So let's talk about this. So are leaders born? Or is it something you can develop, the skills, you know, you can develop to become a leader? That's an interesting question. You know, uh, we, we tend, so as leaders, I would say we tend to make a lot of comparisons. Sometimes they are not fair, huh? but we make comparisons between leadership and parenting. I can assure you I was not born a father. And still, I intend to be the best dad in the world. I am a father to my kids, and I am not just a father, but a father to them. As that, I believe that I have been that not only ever since they were born, but also ever since I realized that this was my role, my role to them, the role that I want to assure 
So I don't think there's this thing about being born a leader. I think that you develop along the way. Some people would have some natural conditions they are born with, and that's great. It's like, okay, maybe you're halfway through the path, and at the same time, halfway through what? There is no destination. It's not that when it's not really binary. Are you a leader or are you not? It's what kind of a leader can you be and how, how much of a reference you can become to others. I think that this is uh, sort of what you develop. As, as leadership is, is a role, uh, you can develop it. I don't think uh, you have to start by developing leadership skills, but rather your motives, your intentions. Why? Let's say, why do you want to become a leader? And then, okay, what kind of leader do you want to be? If uh, I say that leadership is a role, it means to me that it's not about uh, me. It is about uh, the relationship I have with others. When you have a role, it's, it's a relationship with, you have with others. And uh, that means that uh, working on your leadership is working on the relationships and the effects that you can produce on other people, the positive effect that you can produce on other people. And therefore, I believe that because it's not necessarily innate, um, anybody can be a leader at any time of their lives. And I think that regularly speaking, let's say on a day-to-day basis, you will find yourself, I find myself leading certain situations, certain challenges, certain activities. Maybe I'm not called to, but the moment people start looking at me and saying, I'm expecting from you, and I'm going to follow what you say or what you suggest, this is your moment, this is your 15 minutes of fame, treasure that. So you're becoming a leader for others. And that's so natural because it's a role it can move it doesn't have to be staying in a specific place. I see that in the corporate world, the professional world, the appointed managers, let's say, they should be, they should assume leadership. Sometimes they don't for, for, for many reasons. Sometimes they are very wise not to do that. I think it's both, right? On one hand, there are people who are naturally born leaders. They lead because they have this intention. They have this why yeah. that they have very, very clear in their mind. I would say, yes, there's about the clarity in their mind. There's this quote that I like. The future belongs uh, to those who believe uh, in the beauty of their dreams. There's something about, uh, we would say, leadership could start with a vision. Visualizing something and want to make it happen. When you have that vision and when you have made a choice that you also want to become a leader, then your journey starts. Of course, it doesn't start only with you. As I said before, it starts with others recognizing your legitimacy as a leader. It's very interesting. And I want to talk to you about more about the journey and the people. You know, the other day I was watching a movie in which there was this woman talking to her friend, asking him what makes a person wake up, become a best version of themselves or develop their full potential. And her friend was saying that there are two things. On one hand, there is the environment in which the person thrives or not. (laughs) And on the other hand, there are the people the person interacts with. So my question to you, from your perspective, what is the impact of people and the environment on our leadership style, our leadership skills, on our ability to lead? Well, I would say both are important, both people, both... uh People and environment, in a certain way, as a leader, you have to have the capability to um, decode what's going on around you, and that would be either the context, the environment, uh, the people, the challenges. Possibly the environment will enable change, 
So it will enable your leadership. Possibly the environment is just the opposite. It just makes it difficult. And because of this difficulty, you see the changes required. As for the people, the people will give you feedback mm. all the time. Yeah. And based on that feedback, you will always have to take it into account. It's our reconnection with reality. It's our way of really understanding what's happening with the people, with the people that we are leading or supposed to be leading. When you are bringing this idea about the environment, I, I, I just, I don't know, this uh, thought appeared in my mind and I want to tell you it's a story that I learned when I was younger and it's, uh, I'm going back like thousands of years. There's this, so biblical times, okay? Yeah. So um, Hebrews leaving Egypt and uh, crossing the waters, Okay, so we have we have been told a lot of stories about this, and we use Moses as an example of leadership and so on. Great. Huh? I want to bring another character here. He's called Nachshon. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the story is that when the Hebrews were just in front of the sea, and well, we we are told the waters opened for them, so they could cross and they could escape from the ancient Egyptians that were chasing them. This story, which is not written in the Bible, it's part of the Midrash. Okay, so it's oral tradition. Yeah. Uh, tells that uh, it was a guy called Nachshon who set the first foot in the water, but the water didn't open. So then he entered up to the knees and the water didn't open. Still entered up to the waist and then up to the neck and the waters were remaining like that. And so the sages say that it was not until the water was at the level of his nose and he kept on progressing and walking that the sea opened opened up and then the rest would follow. And I think there's this thing about, so when we talk about the ecosystem, do you think that the ecosystem is enabling you or helping you? No, maybe you just want to affect the ecosystem and it's not helping, but you still have to have a reconnect with the other idea, with that vision that you have. So I think that this is going to happen. I, I really believe that this is going to happen. Okay, so the waters will open or yeah. we will succeed with that project. We will definitely achieve that uh, turnover that we're looking for or we are going to enable a specific uh, transformation in our processes or ways of working. If you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. So the experience that the leader has is dramatically different than the experience that the others would have. The followers, they just walked. Yeah. But the first one was about to get drowned. <laughs> exactly. And I think that it really talks about how is it that we want to affect uh, the environment. There's another example. Now I'm talking about the environment. And when I think about leaderships, I think about uh, flowers and growing flowers. So we, I know we talked about this several I love times. this example, yeah. <laughs> so the idea that, okay, so I am leading a team, so it looks like the team as if it was my garden, you know, my, my flowers or my specific parcel of flowers or trees yeah. in the garden. So do you water that? Where are you working on, really? And as a leader, I think that you just need to understand what the plants, what the trees, what the flowers need, and which is not only water. You have to work on the soil. And when you work on the soil, the nutrients, the food for them, you're actually working on on a, a place, let's say, so physically speaking, that would enable other plants, flowers, and trees to grow. But you just don't care. Either instead of focusing, I'm only developing that, and this is where, let's say, the effect of my leadership uh, is produced, I just work on uh, treating the soil, on making better soil, better nutrients for any flower that would appear here, maybe some that I didn't even know exist or would potentially exist. I really love this example. 
for me, it's like one of the perfect examples of uh, how leadership can impact the environment. It's not only about, as you say, your tree, your plant. You also think about the environment and the impact your decisions might have on the environment. So if we talk about impact, I would like to talk to you about um, some probably people that had an impact on you <laughs> as a leader. What is the best piece of advice you have been given? It's really hard with me and the people because I tend not to have any kind of, uh, you know, idols or yeah. big references because everybody is human. And when you name somebody, you know that you cannot take 100% of that. Yeah. But you would rather take, yeah, advice or behaviors or specific attitudes or values that you see along the way and you collect. I, I would even say that while doing that, there are so many things I learned not to do. You know, as when we do that, I talked about parenting before. We grow sometimes as well based on what we learn from our parents, from our antecessors, from our... And sometimes we just don't want to do that. Yeah. Many other times we want to do or we want to do different. So we usually say as a leader, you have to give feedback, okay? I, I believe that as a leader, you have to receive feedback. You have to receive and you have to give. And uh, because feedback is a treasure, feedback is precious, and... Uh, You have to know how to do that both ways and to show that you are open to receiving feedback from others because it lets you grow a lot and it creates a different relationship with the ones that are giving you feedback. Another uh, advice I would say, rather than I advise, I take it as a mantra because it's like a, maybe it's a catchphrase, it's pay it forward. Pay it forward. Uh, you are not here to collect, you are here to give. The moment you understand you're here to give and to enable others to clear the path for others, then as well, somebody else will be clearing the path for you. If not, you do it yourself. But as a leader, you have to be proactive about uh, others' development, unleashing other potential, and uh, you still have to pay it forward. You don't have to wait. Yeah, I really loved this first part you mentioned about feedback. Because as you said in the beginning of our conversation, you were saying that feedback helps to stay grounded and connected to the reality. Because obviously it's important for a leader to have a vision, but based on the feedback you receive, sometimes your vision can change and you should be humble enough to change probably your vision, to change your direction depending on the feedback you receive. And it shouldn't be perceived as a weakness. And which brings me to the next question. Talking to you, I realize leaders are not perfect. They're not the most intelligent ones. I am not. Um, <laughs> capable ones. They make mistakes. And they make mistakes because they take action, do something for the first time, and face a lot of challenges. So talk to me about those challenges any new leader can face and how to face those challenges, how to deal with them. There are so many challenges. I have been asked this question recently. I remember um, addressing the challenge of engagement, people engagement. So uh, today there's, there's a big challenge around this. Possibly it's just the world we're living in that it's very hard for us to engage and to remain committed and engaged to a specific or single cause for more than 20 or 30 minutes because we are bombarded with new stimuli and uh, it's just like, looks like our priorities would change and focusing on something and keeping people, let's say, attached uh, to a specific responsibility, to a mission. That is some sort of a challenge. And I would say that a leader needs to be uh, persistent and resilient. So things don't, uh, possibly don't work out the first time, but they will eventually work out and you have to keep uh, committed to that vision. Definitely that's 
to me, possibly the biggest challenge today. There's another challenge around trust because uh, I think that all our society is based on trust. I mean, I couldn't walk on the street if I didn't trust that the driver is not going to just go over me tomorrow or just everybody will respect the traffic lights. I'm just giving you a very concrete example. We are, as a society, based on trust, but it's very interesting that as individuals, when we are working in a team sometimes, trust just doesn't appear there. And, and you have to set certain conditions and you have to be, let's say, very proactive at uh, creating a trust uh, relationship or to become a trustworthy person and to create a trust uh, relationship among the whole team. And then there was something, you mentioned this about the mistakes, and I was smiling because when I have this quote, I think it's, it's Homer Simpson. I'm going to quote this guy. And <laughs> he said, ahead. if you never do anything, you will never make mistakes. And as a leader, you have to do, you have to do, 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 and you have to enable others to do. So not only you will make mistakes, but as well the team, your team will make mistakes. Plenty of mistakes. So you have to be very open about that. There's, it's totally human. Right, wrongs, sure. I mean, when there are, there's a mistake, just to... Raise your hand and say, oh, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Uh, I just didn't see it coming and now it happened or I just didn't do the way I expected. In my mind, it looked differently. So it's okay not to have answers to all the questions. Hey, listen, right? how I can didn't... you have answers exactly, to all the questions? Yeah. It's impossible. Because we just... expect leaders, you know, they know where to go. They have this vision. They have these answers and that's why we follow them. Uh, Olga, come on. I mean, this world, I mean, it's, it's so unpredictable today. How is it that in this world we would expect a person to be always right. And how can I say I'm right? I'm always right. I mean, come on. We have to be human, humble. Humble, yeah. Uh, yes, authentic. Uh, we vulnerable as well. It's, uh, these are common traits of a human being and a leader is just a human being. It's just another one, not even better. It's just another human being with a specific role that has been assigned by others. And that role could disappear any time. As you can win the leadership, you can... You can lose it any time, any moment. This is quite inspiring. Thank you, Jonathan. You talked about different pieces of advice you were given. Talk to me now about, from your point of view, about three skills, like universal three skills. If you don't have them, you're not a leader. Let me just split. There's, there's something happening on the inside of a leader and something happening on the outside of a leader. On the inside, I would say, I don't know if it's a skill. It's, I would say it's integrity. Uh, you have to walk your talk and you have to talk your thoughts. That's integrity to me, okay? So you can read through the person only one face, okay? That's clear to me. And the second one, there's something around uh, internally, the vision, you know, the courage and the persistence, as I said before, is you have to see the path, you have to dare to take a step towards that path and you have to be able to maintain course even when results are not appearing yet. That's on the inside because nobody will see. This is how you feel about... Uh... On the outside, uh, let's say what others would see is your consideration. is how you are being respectful to others, how you are being attentive, how you are understanding others' perspectives, open to that, empathic. I think that uh, this is very important because there's this quote, I think it's... But it doesn't matter. It's about balancing courage and consideration. So the way you see things and the way other people expect the things to be. And on the outside as well, I would say a very visible skill is around communication. So as a leader, you have to be very strong at communication. You can have great ideas, but if you do not know how to inspire others through those ideas, it's not going to work. And communication is also about your capability to understand. This is why I mentioned this before. I think that 
this is a critical skill for for any any leader. Great. I gave you more than three, but I more said that there three, were two, but, you see? Yeah, those are very important. It's difficult to summarize, no, and to come up only with three skills. It's difficult. I would say sometimes it's just because you cannot expect everything coming from a single person. I was I was thinking of something I didn't have the opportunity to say before. I'm going to say it now. So at home, I usually connect leadership with vision, but there's no leadership without management. You need vision, but you also need to make things happen. Let's say administration, you need action. At home, I usually say my wife leads when we are deciding holidays, okay? So she she decides. She says, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the moment we're going to take. This is the place we're going to go. I would say she just, just only takes the decision. <laughs> is she listening? <laughs> and then she says, make it happen. So where are we going to get yeah. the time, the money? How are we going to organize that? So exactly how are we going to do that? So making things happen, you know? It's like an essential thing. So when you are expecting this from a person, it's essential. But sometimes you just need an association. She's vision and I'm administration. And sometimes you just, as a leader, you also need to know how to complement yourself with others that are going to bring the best uh, of their skills, of their capabilities, in order to produce something greater that you would be able to produce on your own. So this capability of association is also very important. Yeah, you can't do it alone. You need no. other people. Yes. I mean, Always. who would you be? As Otherwise, you're not a leader. People. Who do you lead? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so let's get the ball rolling. Tell us one practical thing aspiring leaders can do today that will help them get started. Hmm. Like something they can do right now. Right now. To become a better leader. Better leader. And Or one. to become a leader. To become a better leader. Okay. Because I was going to say, even to become a leader, or even if you are already a leader yeah. appointed to others, you should ask yourself the question, do you want to be a leader to others? Yeah. Is this a role that you are happily taking? Leadership is, is a role, therefore it's a decision, it's not a position. Yeah. Do you want to and why do you want to be a leader? So what are your real motives? What is the change that you want to provoke? If you are already a leader, so what is it? What's the course of action that you want to set? What is the positive impact? that you want to have on others, how would you want the others, in fact, to describe you as a leader? Instead of asking your, your question, the question to yourself, so what kind of leader do I want to be? What would you want others to say about me and, and about my leadership style, possibly, my way? And I would think, let's say, best advice is this, is asking yourself the questions. You know, usually questions are even more interesting than answers. Then you will find the answer, so find more questions to ask yourself. I usually say this to my kids. I don't ask them what they learned at school. I ask them what kind of questions they ask today. Mm -hmm. I think that it's through the questions that you will eventually find, uh, well, wisdom, path to growth, and personal development. And so I would recommend anyone who is a leader or wants to become a leader to identify, so what is the question I'm asking myself today? And possibly just look around, what is the change that is needed? What are people needed? How can you contribute? How can you contribute? Is there another flower I can grow? <laughs> exactly. Is there more soil <laughs> that I can treat? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. I really loved our conversation today and you gave me so many ideas for future podcasts. It's been a pleasure. Anytime, Olga. That's it for this episode. Join us next time for more inspiring stories and tips on how to win at being a leader. Until then, goodbye. The Leadership Adventure. The Leadership Adventure. The, The Leadership, leadership adventure. adventure.